I'm Ankur. And I'm Phoebe. And this is Arts Work. We work at Sadler's Wells, a leading dance organisation. And this is a podcast where we look at different roles in the creative industries and how you could find your way in. Okay, Mr. Bahel, who are we talking to today? For this episode, I got to speak to Helen Comerford, who right now is the participation producer at Wise Children, which is a theatre company in the southwest of England that both Helen and I have worked for in different guises throughout the years. What we got to speak about today was specifically the majority of her career, which has been spent as a stage manager working on theatre productions up and down the country, which is where I met her when I was an actor before Sadler's Wells and she was a stage manager and we worked on shows together. What I'm so excited for you to hear about is all of the specific things that happen behind the scenes to get a show on the road. How beautifully Helen describes being a stage manager as being an integral part of a company and making things happen all the time. Just constant troubleshooting, constant problem solving. Totally. And so I guess it's her job to freak out when something goes wrong. It's exactly her job. Right. And, and she talks about those moments. What I love about Helen is she's, she talks about when it's hard. She talks about when it's, when it's really great. And she talks about mechanisms that you can use to, to navigate that. I hope you get a really great picture of what it takes to do that job, what kind of person really loves that kind of job, and the satisfaction that comes with that, but also a real-life picture. There's no rose-tinted glasses on how she's talking about it, which I think is exactly what we need. Sitting in this very theater, there I know there are so many people that it takes to get every show happening every night, you know, in the technical roles. But then it's not just here, it is up and down the country, around the world. And there are jobs. There are loads of jobs and, and loads of ways in. And that's super exciting to hear about. And also in the episode, we asked Bristol Vic Theatre School's stage management course if they had questions for Helen. And so we've picked one of those and you'll hear from Kat asking her question. Great. Shall we do it? Let's do it. We started the conversation with, where did you grow up? I live in Bristol at the minute, but I'm an army brat. So I grew up on army bases around Germany, around the UK. I went to military school, which was a little bit different because I was one of, I think, eight people who didn't have white skin there. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? Because you only know what you grow up with. So I moved from place to place, like sometimes 18 months and go to a new school, make new friends. And that's what you did. So I've always been quite good at making friends quickly. So that's a, a, a good life skill as a stage manager, <laughs> I think. Um, and the military life is a very strange thing looking from the outside where like there are very tight communities. It's a, it's a really interesting place. And I almost joined the army. Well, when I was 14, I was like, I'm going to join the army because it, it runs in families, the military. And then I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to be an actress. <laughs> I think lots of people do, don't they? Well, you know, you love well, theatre. Well, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> How did you go from going, oh, I'm 14, I want to be an actor to actually working as a stage manager on some of Britain's biggest stages? I... Yep. Woke up one day and was like, I'm not going to join the army. It's raining. I would have to jog in this. I'm going to be on stage. <laughs> and then, and decided to get a degree first. So I went to the University of Glasgow and got a history degree. But while I was there, I just spent all of my time in the student theatre group and kind of as, as a, a member of student theatre, you're just friends with everyone and you put on shows and like sometimes you direct and sometimes you write and sometimes you act. And um, I discovered that I hated being on stage. But I was very good at organizing things and being in charge of things and kind of found stage management 
this is a way I can earn money and work in theatre. And went to Mountview Drama School and did a postgraduate and then went out into the world. And my first job was, it was really weird. I went and I worked for Alton Towers in their theatre and did the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful world of Cloud Cuckoo Land, um, a puppet show. Yeah, three wonderfuls. And we did four shows a day or something. So you were constantly getting the actors ready. You were constantly running the show without time to think or worry, really. Then you were resetting and then you were doing it again. Mm -hmm. And you were also communicating with front of house. So it was this kind of microcosm theatre where you did everything over and over and over again so fast that you couldn't get scared. And so like I could, by the end of that, I could run shows in my sleep without, yeah, without getting nervous. So it was, it was a strange job, but it was, it was like the perfect first job. Did you apply for that out of memory yeah, then? Yeah. So there was like a call out and you filled out an application. And yeah, it was, um, oh, it was Scarefest. It was the Halloween uh, season and they needed extra stage managers to come in and support. So I did that and I just, yeah, ended up in their little theatre for a few months. Now, your path was through university. So you went to university, you did university theatre and then you got a postgrad. Somebody who's looking to be a stage manager, do they need to take that route or are there other routes in? You, you don't have to take that route. If you've got a good relationship with your local theatre, you could start stage crewing and as a stage crew, you might make friends with companies or go onto the productions that your theatre is producing as a stage manager. So, so there's kind of the theatre route if you're near a producing house or some companies where you go stage crew, assistant stage manager and onwards. And I think that also happens quite a lot in the West End. So I've got a, a friend who switched to stage management after working in a theatre office and she has all the transferable skills. So she's got communication, organisation, and she's kind of had to start a little bit at the bottom and then break in. It's tricky because it's all about the network and the amount of experience you have. So if you're coming out of a general theatre course and you have the contacts and maybe you've been on a placement with a theatre and they're willing to offer you a job and you start as an assistant stage manager, then quids in. Like the assistant stage manager is an entry level role. It's interesting, right? Because we're going to talk to a lot of people in this series who, who are very amorphous paths in and out. But like, it sounds like stage management has sort of two very clear routes. Mm -hmm. Either go through a university circuit that ends you up at being assistant stage manager, ASM, yeah. or start stage crewing. You don't need a degree to that. And then go from stage crewing into ASMing. Yeah, that's, that's definitely right. Hi, Helen. I'm Kat, and I'm in the final year of training at Bristol Old Vic Theatre School. I was wondering if you could talk about your early career in stage management and how it felt going into an industry that's notoriously white and middle class. Uh, I'm an aspiring stage manager from a working class background, and I don't really see a lot of people like me. It would be interesting to hear about the challenges you faced and if you think uh, diversity is increasing. Thank you. I found as a stage manager of colour, it hasn't been it hasn't been a barrier for me. I haven't seen very many other stage managers of color to kind of emulate. Yeah, or follow. Or, or follow. There's one time I can remember quite clearly. I was on a show, so I was the stage manager, and it was I think almost everyone else 
in my surrounding area was white, like everyone else I worked with. And I heard someone from kind of the site, from the venue, refer to me as the black girl and not the stage manager or not, not even the black lady, which would have been okay. And factual. And factual, exactly, factual. But like kind of tone, oh yeah, the black girl. And I was like, "Mm." oh yeah, I remember. It's amazing when it catches you unawares and then when it doesn't catch you, when it just happens and you're like, yeah, I expected that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them. But where you're like, I'm doing it, I'm doing a really good job. I've just called this show and it was like spot on. I'm having a drink with my friends. And then that happens and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And what did you do in that situation? I didn't do anything, which is just, just accept it and move on. And just, I think it all gets a bit normalized for me, certainly. Like I've not shouted nearly enough at people. Yeah, I feel that way sometimes too. But I feel like we're getting better at shouting about it. Yeah. And I think stage management, especially you work within your core teams. So if you're starting out as an assistant stage manager, you'll have a stage manager with like loads more industry experience who's looking after you and they're mentoring you. And so you see them and you maybe, you're maybe not looking at the industry as a whole. It's personal relationships. It's personal relationships. Yeah. yeah. In terms of working class, I think that the technical side of theatre has a much bigger diversity. And I think acting, because acting, you have to then struggle to get jobs. Maybe it's helpful if your parents can support you. But with technical students, you're able to come out and if you're willing to do stage crew or load-ins, there's quite a few avenues open to you. I think like you're very employable as a a technical student. So I'm going to do quick fire, put a word at you, you describe it. ASM. Assistant stage manager will look after the props. They'll also look after backstage during the show. So if we lose an actor, if if an actor gets locked in the bathroom, so the running of the show, literal running a lot of the time, like running around, that's the assistant stage manager. Yeah, I'm thinking of the assistant stage manager on Wise Children when we work together, for example, like anything and everything from... Oh, you know that pen that has that weird ostrich feather on it? The feather's not plumed enough. Yeah. You know, things like that. (laughs) Could you make the puppet's crease slightly more central? (laughs) (laughs) The book. The book is a a script that gets created during rehearsals. The script, actual script page, is on the left. And then on the right, you've got a column where all the lighting cues and sound cues go. That you've handwritten in. I have a column of notes, so I could leave myself reminders. Or you might have a column for actor calls. So you can be like, you'd be like, uh, Mr. Ball to the stage, please. It's your call to the stage, Mr. Ball. And you'd know when to do that. And I promptly arrive. And he promptly arrives every, every time. time. Yeah. Every time, every always time. on time. Never late. <laughs> DSM. Deputy stage manager runs the rehearsal room, creates the prompt copy, which is the script with all the cues and the movements in it. And then they call the show, which is telling lights and sometimes sound when to go and coordinating any other bits of like flying set or automation. During rehearsals, it's really interesting because they sit next to the director. And when the director says something like, and I want this scene to judge. For example, uh, the DSM will write down scene to judge or try or try and get a little bit more information out of the director and then send it on to the lighting designer and the sound designer. 
And during the show itself, the deputy stage manager show calls. So they call the lighting cues and uh, any other technical aspects that's coming. I remember there was one show that I did where one of those cues was where an actor had to swim under the stage to come out of the water. And so it was one of those cue yeah. light situations where there's a light that the DSM has that they turn on that then turns a green light on where the actor is. So the actor knows to jump into this pool, swim and emerge the other side. That must've been tricky to time as well. Cause in your, in your prompt copy, you must be like, so I know that the actor will take 15 seconds to swim under. And if I want him to emerge at this point, then I need to give him the go on this line up here near the top of the page. That's the DSM. That's the DSM. Yeah. So when you say LX1, for example, one is Q1. Yeah. How many Qs could you get? Hundreds uh, or more. I think the most lighting cues I've ever had is something like 500 in a two-hour show. But as a deputy stage manager, I was always like, bring them. The more Qs, the better. Love it when you don't have time to breathe. LX go, LX 41 go, LX 42 go. <laughs> why, why did you love this job so much? Why did you, what, what is it about you and the job that fits? With deputy stage managing in particular, it, it's the adrenaline because I didn't like being on stage, but I loved being an integral part of the show. So calling cues and making sure that everything is running smoothly and everything is happening and kind of the natural rhythm of the show is still going. It's like being an extra person in the dance in a way. Extremely fun. So what's the most complex show you've worked on as a stage manager? Do you know what? It was actually Panto. I I cut my teeth as a deputy stage manager on, I think, Dick Whittington, the pantomime, And some people are a little bit snobby about working on Panto and it is grueling. It's a, it's a 12 show a week schedule, which is, yeah, it's, it's hard, (laughs) but in terms of show calling, it's everything. You've got lights, you've got sound, you've got scenery flying in and out. You've got, you might have ponies, you've got (laughs) pyrotechnics, you've got massive casts. Yeah. In terms of show calling. You've got screaming children in the audience. You've got screaming children. Oh my gosh, if you're doing Peter Pan, you've got actual flying. Yeah. And we had the storm sequence in Dick Whittington, which was so complicated. I had to call cues. I had to say cue numbers whilst pressing buttons, cue light buttons at a slightly different time. And I just, I just had to rehearse it like a dance. It's that, coordination. It's like rubbing your tummy and hitting your head exactly, or the other way around, whatever it is. Whilst speaking. <laughs> <laughs> like saying really long numbers really quickly. On stage, there was this ultraviolet sequence where there were fish swimming and there was a ship sinking and there was lightning and there was thunder and there was a load of tiny children wearing black carrying light up guppies and sharks and octopuses (laughs) (laughs) it was brilliant theater magic theater magic rehearsing that took a very long time because it was hard for me it was hard for everyone and there was one little girl who just couldn't get the octopus right so we'd be going through things and you just hear the choreographer going Michaela (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) and what skills make someone good at being a stage manager 
being organized, being approachable, because you want people to come to you with their problems before the problems grow. If an actor's not happy, then you want them to feel like they can come and talk to you about, because it could be something tiny. It could be that when they pick up a prop, it digs into their hand. Like something really tiny that you can fix in no time at all. But if you leave it, it's going to turn into this big, horrible thing. So you want to be approachable and kind and understanding because sometimes people aren't their best selves when they're under a lot of stress, uh, which goes for everyone, which also goes for stage managers. Because if someone is not happy, then there's a reason and you can probably help. I've said be organized, but be organized and be receptive and open to things. Don't immediately say no. There's something that happens. I think as time goes on, people get tired and people get cynical. And like, I'm talking about time as in career time. And maybe it becomes easier to see the problems that an idea is going to cause and to say no. Whereas I would recommend, especially to young stage managers, if someone, if a director has an idea, like I would like to use treacle on this white floor, then write it down (laughs) and have time to think about it and have time to talk to the people who could make it happen instead of going, no, that's ridiculous. Because maybe it isn't ridiculous and maybe it's the one thing that's going to make the show really work. What's the best day as a stage manager? Well, I might I might use a day on the Wise Children Tour that we did together. I think the day would start, I'm going to say not in the theatre. I'm going to say the day starts with me doing something nice for myself, like going for a walk because then you spend the rest of the day in the theater and you don't get downtime at the end. So that's a key piece of advice, I think, to stage managers is to be kind to yourself and to take time for yourself before the day starts because you don't get a chance at the end. So I've gone for, I've gone for my lovely walk and then I've come in and company stage manager, I've checked my emails and seen, made sure there's, there's nothing that's about to sneak up on the company, like a press call or an after show talk. And then perhaps it's someone's birthday. So we've all arranged a cake (laughs) Uh, and we'd have parish notices, which the company stage manager does. And they tell the company what's happening that day. And then with wise children, we always play a game. I think our, one of our favorite games is Where Were You, Dave? Yeah. Which is, <laughs> uncle's laughing, um, which is volleyball in the stalls of a theater. Yeah. Playing volleyball or playing ball games is about keeping the ball up between the company, right? Yeah. And, and it also lets everyone get a little bit of silliness and a little bit of energy out. And there is, there is something about theater. I think you can quite easily come into a theater and not talk to anyone really mm-hmm. and just do your job and, and not make eye contact with anyone. And that is a depressing place to be when you work every evening. So the game is a really great way of just making everyone connect at the start of a day and just checking in with everyone in a way and just being a little bit silly together. And it was always really fun. So you've played Where Were You, Dave? What's next? Another thing we did on Wise Children was group warm-ups which the stage managers also joined in on. I remember you ran like a Bangra warm-up, mm-hmm. which was amazing. So <laughs> we, do all, we do all do our Bangra warm-up and then we get into show calls. So a company stage manager on book might do this. 
kind of at different points, they'll remind everyone how close we are to the show. So 35 minutes before the show, they'll give everyone their half hour call and then they'll get a 15 minute call, then a five minute call, then beginners, which is five minutes before the start of the show. And that's when all the actors promptly, promptly, promptly come to stage. Finish their coffee. Finish their coffee. <laughs> Drag their ass down. The show runs brilliantly because you've called it brilliantly because i've called it brilliantly but also there are certain shows which everyone just enjoys more and you can see the cast on stage just having a lovely time and not and not being or maybe being a little bit naughty but not to the detriment of the show so that so the audience is also having a lovely time which is key so we do a show which is great and everyone enjoys it and then we go for a lovely glass of wine before going home and doing it all again tomorrow. What makes it hard? What should somebody be aware of that makes the job hard that they have to be able to put up with to do it? I think, and this might say more about me than it does about the role, but there's something about stage management which means that almost everything is your fault. Like whenever something goes wrong, if something goes wrong with the props and the assistant stage manager feels like it's their fault, if something goes wrong with the show calling then it falls on the deputy stage manager if anything goes wrong at all at any point with the show then it's the stage manager's fault so there's a lot of responsibility and sometimes sometimes things really are your fault for example um when i was the assistant stage manager on midsummer night's dream i forgot to set a key prop i forgot to set the ass's head so <laughs> the character playing bottom goes went under a rolling table and he was supposed to emerge comedically and victoriously with the ass's head and a don- a literal donkey a head donkey on his head, head yes. on his head and like something went wrong backstage and i forgot to set it and that is a disaster and I beat myself up about it so much. But one of the, oh, Katie Mary Owen, who's a superstar actor, fixed it and the show went on and life went on. And as much as I was like, ah, I've made this huge mistake. My life is over. My career is over. Oh my God. It wasn't. No. And the show goes on and the kind of the people in that audience went, Oh, what was, oh, and then continued watching the show and having a lovely time. So for any, any stage managers listening, try your hardest and try not to make mistakes, but you're going to, if you do a show over and over and over and over again, don't be too hard on yourself and don't be too hard on other people who will also make mistakes. And the audience love it. The audience love it when stuff goes wrong. So we've talked about networking. Yeah. What's your advice for people who are trying to meet people and build relationships early on? I think local is important. So if you're not in London and you have a local theatre who you can ask for experience, that's a really good way to get your foot in the door. If you have a local theatre company who you really admire, then definitely send them your CV. And this is kind of advice for later on in your career, but you could ask a producer out for a coffee for a chat and see what they've got coming up or or one of their other stage managers. And then I have had jobs come to me because of other stage managers. It's about keeping in touch with your, your, I'm going to say, keep in touch with your network. And you're like, but but you don't have a network. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're coming out of drama school, then you have a network. You have the other students who have come out with you and you can share opportunities. If you're at a local theater, then you have a network there. 
keep an eye on stage jobs, stage jobs pro, which is now called Mandy, the stage theater, because there's a, there's a drive now, which is really great to make the industry less nepotistic and to help people get in. Because I think I've, I've said before, assistant stage manager is an entry level role. Like you shouldn't need five years experience, follow the companies that you admire and see what they're doing. Don't offer to work for free because it devalues your work and it devalues everyone else's work. And that it's so difficult because everyone else is doing it or everyone else is asking for it, but responsible companies now won't let you. <laughs> I know that wise children, we no one's going to come and work for free. We might let students shadow as part of a course, but no free labor. And so don't hesitate to reach out to people and be like, I'm interested. Yeah. Don't be upset if you don't get a response and don't take it personally. Would you say that people who have stuck with it continue to meet people? At some point it will land, won't it? Absolutely. What's the plethora of types of things that you could go into working in that aren't British theatre necessarily? What might that look like? I don't know how the pandemic will have affected this, but there's cruise ships. If you're thinking of that, and I've got friends that did it and had a great time just sailing around the world, and they've got some of the best theatres in the world on like Royal Caribbean cruise ships. But double check because some cruise ships don't treat you well. So talk to people before you take a cruise ship job, but do do it. Like it looks amazing. I've mentioned working at a theme park. Theme parks have theatres. Theme parks have big seasonal festivals like Scarefest at Halloween, all of which need props and management. As a stage manager coming out, you can manage people and you can manage time and you can schedule, you can communicate, you can organize. And all of these things can be applied to different roles. You also have skills and props. So you could segue into TV. If you're a new stage manager, you might want to look at running jobs, like be a runner um, or prop buying, prop making jobs if you love props. And then events, because you can coordinate big things quickly and work under pressure. So I've, I haven't done that many events, but I did do the London 2012 Olympics. Really? Yes, which was extremely fun. <laughs> I was a victory ceremonies coordinator. So the medal ceremonies mostly had stage managers working on them to make sure they ran to time and to look after the volunteers who mm. were, if you remember, wearing the very pretty purple costumes yeah, yeah. and carrying the trays with the flowers and the, the medals. I was a victory ceremonies coordinator. I worked with a producer who was kind of in charge of the aesthetic. And then I was scheduling and communicating, making sure the athletes were briefed, which is very fun. We had to brief Andy Murray and because we did the Wimbledon uh, medal ceremonies. We did Wimbledon and we did beach volleyball for the Olympics. And then my, my team also did Paralympic swimming, which was incredible because for the Olympic tennis, we had maybe seven medal ceremonies. So we'd sit around all day. We'd watch Usain Bolt run on the telly and then we'd get ready and we'd go and do a medal ceremony. For the Paralympics, it was race, 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 medal ceremony, race, 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 medal ceremony. So you were constantly going and chasing athletes, <laughs> making sure they were ready. And one of the kind of scariest moments of my career happened on the Olympic tennis where, and this wasn't in the news, and I'm sure I'm allowed to talk about it now, but do you remember Serena Williams won the lady singles? Yeah. So Serena Williams won the gold and the stage is all built. It's all ready. The athletes have been briefed. They all go on. 
the volunteers have handed over the medals and the flowers and the national anthem is playing, the American national anthem is playing and the flags are on a trapeze. So this kind of long pole where they've been slotted on, each each one has a different pole, flags are slotted on and the trapeze is being raised up into the roof of Wimbledon as the national anthem is playing and it's quite windy. And at the crescendo of the American national anthem, the American flag flew off. <gasps> yeah, that's that's what the audience said. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It was awful. But the the flag flew off. And what, 20,000 20, people in Wimbledon centre court went, <gasps> gasp. <laughs> gasp. And the flag just floated slowly to the ground. And it was extremely bad. And it should have been on the news, but it happened on Super Saturday when Britain won everything. Everything. Like everything. <laughs> so got away with it. But oh God, yes. Awful. What did Serena Williams say? Um, she said something like, why does this always happen to me? Oh, poor Serena. She was really, really sweet about it. Luckily, I didn't have to talk to her. But <laughs> oh, gosh. Poor Serena. Poor Serena. I mean, we won't feel too bad for Serena because she is amazing. Yeah. And has the most <laughs> epic life, so it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that that is sad. Win Wimbledon gold. For your country. For your country. National anthem. Disaster. <laughs> Whoa, Serena Williams. <laughs> Can you imagine? I can't even begin. Also, just, I will get into Helen in a second, but Uncle, as an American, like the significance of the flag. I mean, you heard it. I gasped. I actually gasped. Yeah. We're going on almost 10 years ago now, but I mean, it just sounds as though she handled it in such a kind of calm, professional way in the best way she could have at the time. But I mean, it must have been mortifying. But that's exactly what a stage manager is. And that's what Helen is, right? Like they're problem solving in the moment. And that's what theater is, right? It's live. So things are always going to go wrong and you just solve them in the most human, generous way you can. What really stood out for you? You know what I really loved about it is the line where she said something like, you have to be good at dealing with people when they aren't their best. Mm. And I think for me, I knew that to be true. I don't think I appreciated it to be true. I think sometimes it's easy to not think of that as actually being such a key, important part of what they're doing. It's not just that they know that the prop has to be in this particular place or that they have programmed their 500 cues perfectly. And this is just the front end of their interaction with you and them just saying, oh, you know, it's going to be here and there and what would you need? Um, but actually that for them to do their job really well, they need to be able to be kind of above the weather and, you know, the sort of calm within everything else that is the storm around them. Having been an actor or having been in an audience, a lot of times that's what you see. That's the front facing thing of the theatrical production. All of it falls apart without these folks, hair, makeup, wigs, stage management, lighting. I'm missing out loads, but without them, you've got a hollow shell of a production. And I think, and also oftentimes there are more of these roles in the theater than there are the roles on stage. And that's something that's very easy to, to not know. The other thing that really stood out for me, which I know is super basic and we always bang on about this and you and I, I know really care about this is the don't work for free thing mm. because there are so many examples and it's getting better of where people are working for free. And I actually think that, you know, if you are someone who has 
the ability to work for free. You know, if you do have somewhere to live and you can intern a bit or something, if you, where you can, don't do that. Charge for your time. Because if you work for free, you're devaluing the whole marketplace and you are perpetuating this issue. That's not just for stage management. That's no. the entire industry. Listening back to it with you, what also sticks out for me is how specific she is about skills and those skills being super transferable being organized, being a good communicator, being able to bring people together, uh, having empathy. These things are really important, not just to stage managing, but so many different jobs. And it made me go, oh yeah, most of the stage managers I know are eminently employable in so many other different ways. I want to thank Helen Comerford for joining us and sharing her knowledge and experience on one of these really important roles in technical theater. Artswork is brought to you by Sadler's Wells in association with Barclays Dance Pass. Your hosts are Anko Bahel and Phoebe Reith. The producer is Hester Kant. The series is mixed by Paul Brogdon. If you loved it, if you thought the stories were inspiring, share it. Call someone you love and tell them about it. Who did you think of just now? WhatsApp them immediately. <laughs> Leave us a review where you found your podcast. That's super helpful to get the word out. And subscribe so that you get the next episode.